When the Persian king offers up up to half his kingdom to Esther, she instead pleads for her life and the lives of her people. A reading from the book of Esther. The king and Haman went in to feast with Queen Esther. On the second day, as they were drinking wine, the king again said to Esther, What is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to to the half of my kingdom it shall be fulfilled. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have won your favor, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me. That is my petition. And the lives of my people... That is my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. If we had been sold merely as slaves, men and women, I would have held my peace. But no enemy can compensate for this damage to the king. Then King Asterisk, who said to Queen Esther, "Who, Who is he, and where is he, who has presumed to do this? Esther said, A foe and enemy, this wicked Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. Then Harbana, one of the eunuchs in attendance on the king, said, Look, the very gallows that Haman has prepared for Mordecai, whose words saved the king, stands at Haman's house fifty cubits high. And the king said, Hang him on that. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the anger of the king abated. Mordecai recorded these things and sent letters to all the Jews who were in all the provinces of the king Azarus, both near and far, enjoining them that they should keep the fourteenth day of the month Adar and also the fifteenth day of the same month, year by year, as days on which the Jews gained relief from their enemies. And as the month had, had been turned for them from sorrow into gladness, and from morning into a holiday, that they should make them days of feasting and gladness, days for sending gifts of food to one another and presents to the poor. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The psalm appointed for this morning is Psalm 124, found on page 3 of the service booklet. Please stand and sing.
Christians, being concerned about the well-being of the Christian community, reminds disciples of the importance of prayer in all aspects of their lives. A reading from the letter of James. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who trust in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell, where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted in the fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Be seated, please. Oh, dear. We have body parts all over the place. <laughs> Hands and feet and eyes. Um, I'm going to come back to that, so don't, don't worry. Um, now that we've switched to the Revised Common Lectionary, we get to hear some Old Testament stories that we have never heard before, uh, read liturgically, and Esther is one of those. Um, Esther is the story that Jews, a synagogue, would read on Purim, which is in March or April. It's their big high holy day. And um, it would be a melodrama. Um, whenever the name of Haman is mentioned, everybody in the audience boos and hisses and they make noises. And whenever the king is mentioned, everybody yells, yay, king. Um, the story is, of course, that, that King Asuerus... Um, wanted to kill all of the Jews. Mordecai was a, a counselor who sort of sat at the door. Esther was his niece. 
um, Esther got married to the king, and when she found out what was going to happen, uh, Mordecai sort of helped her scheme how to, how to save the people. And she said, oh, I can't possibly do this. He'll, he'll kill me. And um, uh, Mordecai says, but it was just for such a time as this that he, that he married you. And so she throws a party and, and then presents a request. Um, Haman is there at the party, and she says, um, my request is my life and the life of my people Here's the plot that Haman has hatched to kill all of the Jews. Um, and, and he says, oh, no, that's not going to happen. And they hang Haman. Um, and the story ends happily. And, of course, on Purim, you give gifts to everyone, and just like, the, like the, the book says to do. There are a number of stories in the Old Testament. There's Judith, um, Susanna. All of them are sort of smart women who outfox the enemies of the people. Um, it's the wisdom story, the, the suffering righteous and the final vindication. Um, it's a great story for people who have had throughout their history to live by their wits. Um, and so it's a, they, they read that, and it's a great, uh, a great melodrama. Having said that, that's not really what I want to preach about. I'm going to preach about James. We hear this passage, um, Are any suffering? Let them pray. Are any joyful? Let them sing songs. Are any sick? Let them call the elders to come lay hands on them, for the prayer of faith is powerful and effective. Um, Didn't Elijah pray, and for three and a half years there was no rain from heaven? And I think, hmm, what am I doing wrong? Um, I can't do that. You know, I'm suffering and I pray, nothing happens. Um, I'm sick, I pray, I don't get better. What's going on? I think James is probably the pastor of of a church, and, and he's dealing with the problem that all pastors deal with. He's dealing with the problem of people who say, oh, I just didn't want to be a bother. Somebody goes to the hospital and comes home, and I find out that they've been to the hospital and come home, and I say, well, why didn't I know? Oh, I just didn't want to be a bother. Somebody is suffering from some illness, and we don't find out about it for the prayer list, and, and we ask why. Oh, I just didn't want to be a bother. I think James is sort of gently scolding his congregation. Is anyone suffering? Let them pray. Not let them pray and it's going to be all better, but the prayer of the faithful is powerful. Come to church and tell us about it. And if you're so sick that you can't get to church, call the elders and they will come and connect you back to the community. We live with the metaphor of, of illness, a medical metaphor. Um, if something is wrong with me, there must be some physiological thing going on. You know, I've got the flu bug, there's a virus in there, I've got cancer, there are cells that are dividing too fast, my lungs aren't working. Um, and, and so we think that when we've said that, we've said everything that needs to be said. I go to the doctor, I get the shot, I'm better. But there's a whole lot more going on. Um, When there's a flu bug in there and I feel sick, there's also a somatic aspect of that. I feel tired and run down. There's an emotional aspect. I'm likely to feel depressed. Um, And there is a social aspect of that, particularly with things like cancer and others. We we tend to be separated from the community. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want others to know. We're afraid they're going to gossip. Oh, he has cancer. Did you know that? This is going to be really bad. Um, And so we tend to keep it to ourselves. We do that not just with illness, but we do it with things like joblessness, 
or trouble in a marriage. We don't want to talk about it. We think that we can take that psychological thing, you know, the marriage and get it all better or go to the, go to the unemployment place and get a job and it will be all better. But that doesn't deal with the other aspects of what's going on. Is anyone suffering, James says? Let them pray. Come to church. Put yourself on the prayer list. Don't hide from us. Is anyone cheerful? Let them sing songs of praise. Come and tell us about it. Share it with the community. Is anyone so sick that they can't get to church? Then let the elders come and pray there so that you can be connected to community. And then he does something that makes me a little bit nervous. He says, the prayer of faith is effective, and whoever is sinned will be forgiven. Is he saying that illness is caused by sin? I don't think so. All of those other things that go wrong when we're sick, all of the social and the physical and the the emotional aspects, if sin is whatever causes harm to the body of Christ, then those are sin. Whether we're culpable, whether we're guilty of those or not, sin and guilt are not the same thing. And how is that going to be restored, put back to rights, if we don't deal with it in community? Whoever has sinned, when they pray, they will be forgiven. Those things will be put back together. Dislocations will be restored. Mark talks about sin. Whoever causes one of these little ones to sin, it would be better if a stone were put around their neck and cast in the sea, cut off your hand, all of that stuff. But I think it makes sense if we look at the whole business that we've been reading in Mark. It starts out with Peter's confession of Christ. Who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? You are the Christ. And then he begins to tell them that he must go up to Jerusalem and suffer and die. And Peter says, God forbid, this will never happen to you. Jesus says, you're setting your mind on human things, not divine things. Peter is interested in power. Peter is interested in Jesus as the king coming back, and he wants to you know, have that power. They then go up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and Moses and Elijah appear. Peter, James, and John are there. Peter wants to stay up on the mountain, wants to be where the power is. They come back down the mountain, and the disciples who stayed at the bottom of the mountain were trying to cast out a demon, and they could not. And Jesus gets all angry and says, how long have I got to put up with you people? This kind only comes out with prayer. They're then walking through Galilee, and he's predicting the passion again, and the disciples are arguing behind him about who gets to sit at his right hand and at his left. Again, the question is about power. He takes a child and sets it in their midst and says, this is the ambassador of God. This is where power is. You've got it wrong. And then, oh, the delicious irony. We saw someone casting out a demon in your name and we stopped them. The very thing that we couldn't do ourselves, we saw someone else doing and we wanted him to stop. And Jesus says, no, the purpose of power is not for us to have it and have it in control, but that it should bring about the kingdom that it should make people well. And then he goes on and says, whoever causes one of these little ones to sin, better that you should be cast into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off your foot. Whatever it is that prevents you from getting to the kingdom, whatever it is that prevents you from this wonderful use of power to restore and heal, get rid of it. You've missed the point. If you think that holding on to power is the point, that's not it. And then he says, everyone will be salted with fire. I've always had trouble with that. I've never quite known what it was. In the adult forum, we're going to start reading the book of Leviticus. Oh, tedious book. Um, It's actually kind of fun. At the end of the second chapter of Leviticus, it says, 
every offering that you present, you must present with salt. Salt is what makes it food, and therefore what makes it a meal. And everyone will be salted in fire. It says you put the salt in the grain offering and mix it up and then put part of it on the altar. We are the grain offering. We get mixed in with it. Everyone will be salted in the fire. We are the offering to God. We are what it is that restores all of those relationships. Have salt among yourselves and be at peace. Eat that meal together. Eat that sacrificial meal together and be at peace. Have salt among yourselves. So how is it that that kingdom comes about? It comes about by us taking the concerns of the world, hearing them, taking the joys of the world, singing songs of gladness for them, and then presenting them to God and being restored and going back out and doing the same in the world. Have that meal among yourselves. Be at peace. Whatever it is that prevents you from taking part in the life of the community, be rid of it. Come. If you're suffering, pray. If you're joyful, sing. And if you can't get there, let us come to you so that everything can be put back together and restored to the order God intended. You are the salt in the offering to God. Amen.